0: I'm in the studio with uh, some really, really wonderful uh, dancers and musicians. Souls of Duende are in the house. That's really exciting. (laughs) Uh, You know what? Your mic is making a funny sound, so I'm going to move you over here. Um, And, um, yeah, so we have Ariel Rosales Mm -hmm. and Brinda Guha and Amanda Castro, really great to have you guys.
1: You. you.
0: (laughs) So, um, one vibe I got was that you guys are New Yorkers. Is that yeah? Well, this is like yeah. There's like this is like uh
2: spirit in the
0: spirit. Yeah,
1: I'm the real New Yorker. (laughs) Okay, she is. And now they are real New Yorkers. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Where where were you? Born and raised, Lower East Side. Lower East Side. All
0: right. Are you a New Yorker? Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm amongst many things. Yeah. I'm a mutt.
0: <laughs> okay, great. And um and um and Brenda, you grew up where?
3: I grew up in New Jersey. In New Jersey. On okay. the shore. All right. On the Jersey. Close shore. close
0: enough. <laughs> these days, these days okay. that's that makes you a New Yorker. I used well, to Well, I went to NYU, so okay.
3: I feel happy about that. Okay. That was the beginning. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And how about yourself? So
2: born in Brooklyn, raised in New Haven, Connecticut, and raised in a house full of Bro- Brooklynites. All so, right. That, that was a whole experience in itself. Yeah.
0: What part of Brooklyn? <laughs>
2: I was born in Lutheran. They all live now. So I have a lot of family there. They live off Kings Highway and 5th Avenue. Before it was the New 5th Avenue. All right. Uh, so Yeah, okay. we're here now. <laughs> yeah, we're all together. And I'm now in Inwood. There you go. Oh.
0: That's my old hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, I love I love Inwood. Um so you guys uh are all coming from different different styles of dance. Um may, uh, maybe you should we go there? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe why you, why you each tell us like kind of the, 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 the dance so we could start with um, individually? Yeah, 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 yeah. like what, what what what's your background in dance?
2: I'm a tab dancer. Okay, Who, that's and you. yeah, I'm a tap dancer and I dabble in all the other genres of dance but tap dance is the call.
0: And and if someone wants to like look on YouTube and see the geniuses. Like, who, are, who, are, who, who should they be checking out if they, like, wanna?
2: Oh my God.
0: I know. There's Bi- a big lick.
2: Yeah. Bill Robinson.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
2: if you wanna talk about big wigs now, big wigs, I say they're, they're the OGs for me. Dormitia yep. Sombri Edwards. Of course. Uh, Jason Samuel Smith. Mm-hmm. Derek Grant. Uh, Savion. Uh, Marshall Davis. Those are uh, uh, Jared Grimes. Um, those are all the people that I study. Mm-hmm. And who are on top for me right now? Yeah. Um, and through them, through them, I, I feel like I am finding my voice, um, finding my percussion, my my percussive voice.
0: Yeah. And I guess like people don't realize how much tap was like integrated with the whole history of, of jazz and, and and in the jam sessions and all that, right?
2: Yeah. I think. It's funny. Just uh, I had just uh, seen Ayadeli Cassell's show at the Joyce. Oh my god! Yeah. Isn't it great, Ooh, Brenda? Oh my god! Yeah, I went last night. Oh, um, and Andre, one of the dancers. I loved his bio. Shout out to Andre and everybody else in the show. It was great. So um, good, but you can see even even in the written word, you can see in some tap dancers will say, "I've played with." not i danced for right Uh um Uh and it's seeing it's it's seeing we are instruments and it is a form of music rather than look at me dance and you know it's here it i feel it's more like of course hear what i have to say Uh right um but yeah tap and jazz are married they are not separate Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need each other forever. No matter how much they fight, they need each other. <laughs> yeah,
0: and to swing with the feet is not an easy thing.
2: No, um, not at all. It's, that's the work. Yeah. And being open and honest and being able to sit. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. And How about, well, yeah, What what's, what's your background of dance?
1: Yeah, so I'm Ariel Rosales, and I do the flamenco portion of Souls of Duende. Ooh. So... I've been dancing flamenco. I started when I was five. Um, and I have a background in a lot of different dance styles and different artistic mediums, like my degrees in musical theater and the acting and da, da 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 And, like, the New Yorker side of me grew up dancing salsa and then, like, the New Yorker, New Yorker house and hip-hop and da-da-da-da. So that kind of New York vibe and that is the underbelly to the as like a connection point between these three styles is heavy within the influence. But flamenco itself, it comes from the south of Spain, Andalusia, Um, there's hundreds of years where there was like no documentation, so there's a lot of uh, just oral tradition. You see the first documentation, I think, in the late 1700s, and it stems, if you really look back to it, it's really coming from, you know, they say, from the Spanish Inquisition, you have Queen Isabella King Ferdinand coming from the north and persecuting all these beautiful cultures that were in the south of Spain, which is, you know, just a quick boat ride to Morocco. So you're right above Africa. You have a lot of Indian influence. They're saying that, uh, you know, there's a whole like, theory of the gypsy caravan route stems from India. in that's one theory. And um, so you see the influence of Gattak. You see the influence of... Uh, African rhythms, you see the influence of uh, Islamic prayers, you see the like, influence of different cultures and religions that over hundreds and hundreds of years of uh, coming together to share their poetry, their rhythm, their music, um, you now have this culture and art form as flamenco, and it starts the first, there are three elements in flamenco. There's the el cante, the singing, that came first. Um, then uh, el toque, which is the the playing of the guitar, came second, and el baile, the dance, actually is the third element to join this uh, art form. Um, So it's interesting because there's a misconception that, you know, the musicians are just there to accompany the dancer, but it's not the case. There's There's an appropriate time for each, and at the end of the day, the dancer really is there to honor the, the singer and the musicians and play off of that um, there is if you really look at the tradition and culture behind it the the singing really is theoretically what everything is being based off of mm. in the flamenco mm. conversation mm-hmm. um, so for example we have like hundreds of what's called palos And that's the different musical stylings that you would be dancing to. So as a a flamenco dancer, it is your job to know which palo you're dancing to. And that's very... uh, That's interesting because it's a challenge for me because there's so many different kinds and because I'm so influenced by my personal upbringing and the fusion that we get to play with, Mm -hmm. I get to break the rules and just, like, focus on rhythm, focus on our personal stories, and I, I get the freedom to break away a little bit from the... The traditional way of of dancing flamenco in many ways, but when you do it in a tablao setting and you're with your musicians and you don't have time for a, a rehearsal and you have to go and based off of the vocabulary of what is flamenco, there is a structure mm-hmm. and it's improv based, just like jazz or anything else. But um, it there's a structure to uphold so that you can then improv and run free, mm-hmm. um, and that comes with like specific You know, steps we have called a llamada, for example, it's a calling. It's a a communication step to let the singer know, hey, I'm ready for you to sing. Or, hey, the guitarist, it's your turn to do a falseta Or, hey, I'm going to do an escovilla, which is a uh, a footwork section. So, for example, I wouldn't do a strong, intricate footwork section on top of the singer singing their heart out. I would wait. And I'll do more upper body, you know, and mark. And then they done. And then it's like, now I can go.
0: Yeah. Right, so it's pretty developed. Very developed. Yeah.
1: Very intricate, yeah.
0: Interesting. You know, I had a, a flamenco guitarist on once, hmm. and he was explaining exactly what you said, how it kind of was the Spanish Inquisition itself that mm-hmm. forced all these groups I- into one thing, all mm-hmm. these different oppressed groups. And it's, it's one of the strange things about the universe, how the oppression and good music somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that you know? the
1: truth? <laughs> Actually, that's a really... Interesting uh, little segue into what duende is for anyone listening who doesn't know what duende is. So duende stems from flamen- the flamenco influence in our trio, but it, it said to it's coined by Federico Garcia Lorca, which is a Spanish poet, and he says that it, he explains he has a whole essay and a lot of writing. But the whole idea is that. Uh, this theory of the energetic spirit that is creativity that flows within us and as vessels and so there are a lot of theories behind it and they say it's like the hardest word to um define but there are a lot of theories that it has to come from struggle it has to come from pain mm. we, there are a lot so many mm-hmm, artists that mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and i and i that. wonder about that do we have to be in pain to create good work but so much of it comes from struggle you know or the
3: overcoming right the the, perspective of Mm -hmm. of the exact moment that you overcome that pain Mm -hmm. maybe that's where it's born Mm -hmm, who knows mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. cool
0: I wonder if we'll figure that one out in the next 15 minutes (laughs) (laughs)
3: we'll We'll find out (laughs) turns
0: out you don't Yeah, and so Brenda, what's your your background with dance?
3: So I'm a Kathak trained dancer. Kathak is North Indian classical dance. It's one of the eight classical dance forms, um, uh, characterized by the by the S- Sangit Natak Academy in um, in India. And so uh, there's just a constant flow of information that's kind of happening with classical Indian dance, and I think kind of like a broad way we can look at the history without... because cause it's a very broad... it's a very big topic, but um, I think like an easy way to categorize it is pre-colonialism and then post-colonialism. So it's like the preservation of information, right? So that's what everyone was concerned with before it was... Um, it was devotional it was uh, starting to codify but it was mostly expressive it was mostly um intricate in the storytelling and like i guess even the storytelling between two beings or your relationship with god or um something like that and then after colonialism which is i mean i'm talking about it like it's a blip in time but it was a long time um, and then after colonialism it was just this fear of losing these traditions right and then losing the classicism that you know was alive and so everything kind of became underground and everything started to become a started to become a little bit more um, preserved they wanted to mm. preserve it because they didn't want to lose it because now society was different so they had to start, this had to start codifying it now. Now they had to start actually building a structure and building something. And what we study today is very much um, kind of a codified uh, post-colonialism kind of understanding of Kathak. But it pulls from a lot of different traditions, including Islam faith and Hindu faith. And so I learned from my mother. She's a disciple of Guru Bela Arnub and... Um, and from Kolkata, by the way, and she started a school in 86 in her in her garage in New Jersey, and um, had tons and tons of students in the Muslim community start with her and about two thousand and five hundred students later wow <laughs> we're here thirty three years, and uh, now I run the school in New Jersey and we opened up a Queen's branch and we're just kind of seeing how it how it flows between ma's training her immigrant narrative how she's passed on the information and then how i'm carrying it forward so so yeah i'm in that work
0: and so like 400 years ago when people were doing katak was it in the court or was it in the temples or was it in
3: 400 years ago that would make us where 1600 yeah
0: I mean, I mean, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, back a few well, centuries ago. Well, it kept, or did it keep changing? It
3: kept changing. It yeah. definitely kept changing. But I would say there was a huge period of time where it was based in the in the Hindu faith. You were in mm-hmm. the temples, and you were you were telling you know you were talking you were telling stories of Shiva or yeah. Kali or Durga, and you were trying to find this power um, that you were able to then give to the villagers and you were able to get then share those stories. Um, but the Mughal Empire, which God knows when that was, I don't even know my dates, but when the Mughal Empire kind of rolled in, it kind of changed the identity of the Kathak dancer. The Kathak dancer suddenly became um, the entertainer of the space, oh, right? Because of all these elitist spaces. So with that, although there is a lot of storytelling to be said about the feminist theory of Kathak at that time, but what was interesting about that was that technique was formed. You know, it was it it turned into how do I how do I look the best? How do I do the most? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So then footwork started and turns started and all the glamour that we mm-hmm. celebrate about Kathak today comes from that period of time. And so you'll see in one phrase we might do namaste but we might also do salam, you know, mm-hmm. in the, in the same phrase because it's so intertwined at this point. So Kathak in itself is a fusion. And then being able to share it with the girls of Souls of Duende, I, I feel like it's a, it's almost like a, it's, it's like a perfect old tradition to have in the mix of this work because it's always, always changed in itself. Yeah. And so then having it converse with all these other percussive forms seems like the right thing to do.
0: For sure. Yeah. So you guys got together. When, when did you guys all uh, meet up?
3: Three. Three years. Four? Three. Three, mm-hmm. three. three years ago. Oh, that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. November, oh.
1: yeah.
0: and and the concept was to bring all these all these styles together. Mm-hmm. And yeah.
1: it was for what? What was the date? It was November something. November thirtieth. November thirtieth, two thousand sixteen. There was a a festival that's been going on for a very long time at Dixon Place, mm-hmm. um, and it was just a one time festival, and we were going to be one of many acts in Aiden Show. Aiden Show. Um, Aiden Show. And it's something. It, it it it. Those types of festivals are wonderful opportunities for dancers. When you're in like the works in progress stages, you get to test it sure. out. But you know, um, and yeah. So we we put it together, and Brenda and I go way back, and she knew uh, Amanda from what what was the Run, um, run the Night, run the Jared night. Grimes, who's a f- she, phenomenal tapper. Um, it, it, I was sweating
3: her. So, I was sweating oh Amanda God. Castro. I she was just, like, I was like, Urreo!
1: oh, we found her. Oh, And the moment that we met, we went into this <laughs> hug and went straight to it and it was like, this is special. Okay. <laughs> we put on this show and people were like, oh, when are you doing this again? Da, da, da. And we're like, I don't know. When are you doing this again? I just got to
3: sweat on Amanda Castro for a second though because when we oh saw her, she come, she rolls through in a hip hop dance festival. Nope. Competition. Uh-huh. Hip-hop dance competition. (laughs) This girl comes out with a plank of wood and does a whole solo to Vivaldi. All right. And then walks away with first place. And I'm like, I'm going to Facebook stalk her. (laughs) (laughs) And it worked.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's funny because so much of this comes full circle because we talk about Dixon Place. That's where we ended up having our first full mm-hmm. commissioned residency to put on our first full production show. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's it's amazing that in a short period of time that that connection went from something so... Uh, Blah, popping in and out into mm-hmm. something so concrete that now we're going into a second version of this yeah. production, and this same run the night that Brenda <laughs> discovered Amanda at, we come back and by like the skin of our teeth get second place again. This is a this is a place. Th- this environment is what a lot of hip commercial hop dance, or commercial dance, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, crews, you know, big, a, a lot of really big high energy. Really cleanly, cleanly choreographed material, and we just roll in with the. Uh-huh. Ta- and like, <laughs> what is that?
0: Wow, it's yeah. been a
3: journey. Shout yeah. out to Gibney they picked mm-hmm. our They picked up our yeah. show for twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and it'll be can, uh, our show can we dance here? I guess the second edition, yeah, um, at Gibney in April twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So we can't wait.
0: Sweet. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm I'm always curious about with dance is like whenever I'm around dancers and they start showing me things, I always learn that there's so much, like, symbolism. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I've been studying music with... You guys know Melvis Santa, Afro-Cuban singer? You should. You will. Anyway, she's awesome. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so... And, and, like, I'm always amazed that every single movement, even, oh, we bend our knees towards the floor because it's about the earth and it's about balance and all, all this stuff. So I'm just curious, like... What kinds of things you have kind of picked up through the study of dance about history or or about, you know, what the message behind the musics?
3: I think I, I just want to take this only because I think it's striking that in our three styles of dance, which we got together for truly logistical and and energetic reasons right mm-hmm. but like when you actually take a look at our craft and i've learned so much about flamenco and tap through working with these ladies i feel as though we have one thing in common and when it and and that thing no matter no matter what time period we're talking about these dance forms flourishing in one thing that's in common is there's this energy that's kind of coming from the earth yeah. and then there's this kind of expression that goes upward towards mm. the divine so there's this like very strong connection mm-hmm. between floor between ground and and earth and and it it looks different in the three of our bodies, but I think we end up falling into this space of trying to figure out what that line and that length is in our bodies um, while making music and while communicating through rhythm. So that's one thing that I've noticed as a collective mm. that that um, we do have in common in terms of
1: mm-hmm. what
3: the floor feels like versus how up mm-hmm. are we expressing, you know what I mean, and where are we giving that energy upward. Um but as far as Indian dance goes, I mean everything is everything all is symbolic. symbolic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Everything is symbolic. And Gatak out of the eight forms is actually I would say the most for lack of a better term, flexible mm-hmm. <laughs> because Gatak has moved so much and has gone through so much change. So
2: Yeah, I just I just came from working with Urban Bushwomen this weekend uh, in upstate in Buffalo. um, And we were entering back into a work called Walking with Train um, that just just walks through his life. It's an evening-length show. um, And through that piece, and through the research and history and studying for that piece, uh, there was no tap dancing in that. But there was a lot of tap dancing within my body without shoes on. Um, So it was a really big investigation of... How do you create visual rhythm mm-hmm. for an audience um, and there are there are a lot of movement methods that we created in order in or to try to to try to make our vision clear of communicating what Coltrane's journey was like to us um and I realized. We worked on that piece when I was in the company for... I was in the company for about three, four years. We developed that piece from nothing. And now entering back into it three years later, uh, with all the tap dancing and other things that I've done, because I've been doing musical theater, and I've been done a few West Side Stories and all the things. Um, but tap dancing in between all of those shows and mm-hmm. tr- tap dancing within them, and then entering back into the show and now entering back into Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, there is always... You're right. There's always this sense of like giving to the earth that supports you and giving to the God that's keeping you alive. Mm-hmm. Every time you're trying to give rhythm to an audience, <laughs> every time, and just even working with the company this weekend, Urban Bushwoman, um, realizing that you you can't express rhythm without doing both. For me, mm-hmm. um, wow. Yeah, and it every. You're making a choice. You're using your voice and making a choice when you are making sound, and you are using your voice and making a choice when you aren't. Um. So every uh, you, yeah, everything means everything
3: <laughs> that you do. Right. Um. Silence is just as important as yeah. This is.
0: Yeah. Wow, you guys. Wait, I We're like I need to be prolific. writing this down. Get out of here. <laughs> Why didn't I record it? It my life. <laughs> uh, we actually only have like a minute. I know you I, you're probably chomping a bit. Go ahead. You, you I know you you have a lot uh-huh. to say on this topic, right?
1: I, I Go have to say about Go ahead. everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, well one of the things that's just interesting the the, the his the history behind Catac flamenco and tap in that order and I say it because that's its birth came in that order katak um, has the most direct symbolism I feel I think tap has the most freedom in many ways and flamenco which goes hand in hand with that conversation of stemming from uh, uh, an oppressed people is there is a it's not a direct symbolism in that like our floreo our hand movement is not a, an actual uh, definable character by any means but it's Uh, there's this constant redistribution of freedom and resistance Mm. and I think that that's something I've noticed I feel that like Brenda and I have adopted some of the freedom that Amanda brings. I think that perhaps like what I'm getting at as I see Amanda and Brenda getting a little bit more in tune with that freedom resistance thing that comes from Flamenco. There's a weightedness there's like that mm-hmm. Flamenco specifically brings. And then we have a lot of intricacies that we're learning from the katak that like mm-hmm. the details, the attention to detail. And I think it stems from that mm-hmm. strong symbolism mm-hmm. that everything is so specific. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. Yeah. And these are little nuances that we adopt from each other, and then in it of itself, are now we're creating our own language in a way. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and all different. all the thing,
3: all the work that we kind of created so far, and will continue to create, I think, is always going to be in that vein of audible and visual rhythm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on what that looks like because we are as you beautifully introduced us we are musicians mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we are dancers. Yeah. so it's kind of finding what that sweet spot is right because sometimes it is about the music that we're making but sometimes it's about what you know, the visual that we're seeing and sometimes it's both and sometimes it's neither you know mm-hmm. so we're trying to just like see how all of these things kind of kind of work and three years in we're really excited to. All right.
0: Well, if you're just tuning in, I am with Souls of Duende. We're actually... Slipped over into the next show, which is Ragartal, But that's not that crazy because mm-hmm. uh, Souls of Duende will be performing at the Raga's live festival. And, hey,
3: hey, hey. Uh, yeah.
0: So maybe uh, just super quick because I, I can see the next programmer. Can't wait. Uh, <laughs> what what you guys are performing is October 19th at, the, at Pioneer Works. I think at Beautiful. 11 o'clock or something like o'clock. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we I love two. your audience, by the way. You, you have such an <laughs> energetic, cool. enthusiastic, diverse audience. It's so cool. <laughs> um, what, 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 what should we expect?
3: Well, we have two accompanists. Oh. Um, and right. you need to get into them. Uh, they're incredible Frank Malloy IV mm-hmm. He plays djembe and all kinds of percussion And our very own Ragas family uh, Roshni Samlal On Tabla right. mm-hmm. And so We're excited to see Two powerful people Of color um, Get on their instruments And rock out with us yep. So that'll be really great
1: yeah.
2: Expect some yeah, joy. You, there <laughs> Expect some joy. Some That's joy, the thing. Yeah. That's what
0: we need, right?
3: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, thanks for bringing the joy. Uh, this was Ariel Rosales and Amanda Castro and Brenda Guha. Thanks this was so us. fun. Thank we have so to do so it for longer friends. next time. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And Thank you. Um, we're now going to begin Rag Or Tal with uh, Raga Aberi from El Shankar.